The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The company announced on January 6th it's going to force users to share information with Facebook if they want to keep using the service. Not surprisingly, uh, privacy advocates are raising red flags, especially considering Facebook's record in handling user data. Some people are urging users to leave the app for more secure services. Andy Barrar is our tech expert, and he's a contributing author at futurhythmic.com. He joins us now. Hey, Andy, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks, Jalen. Happy to be here. Yeah. All right. So let's start off for those. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of folks out there who are using WhatsApp. Um, for those who are like wondering, hey, Nye, what is WhatsApp? Tell us about it and why people are using it. WhatsApp is the world's most popular messaging platform. In fact, there's Two billion people on Earth that use WhatsApp and sending uh. 100 billion text messages each day. That's a, that's a whole lot of emojis that people are sharing uh, <laughs> on the WhatsApp platform. And what made it popular is one of the first messaging apps to come out. And what made it really popular is that it didn't matter what platform you were, whether you were on Android or iOS on iPhone, you could still be able to chat with people. And of course, they have group chats. And Facebook purchased WhatsApp back in, I believe it was 2014. And um, that was a huge acquisition on Facebook's part. And they tried to say that they've left it alone as a separate company. But what we've seen and what we've seen is that they've really are trying to monetize WhatsApp. And by doing that, they're not looking at our messages per se. That's encrypted, the, the messages that we send. But it's the med- metadata um, about us that they're selling to advertisers mm. on Facebook. All right, lots to lots to chew on there. All right, you know it was funny the other day. I was uh, going through my uh, going through my phone, deleting some apps, that sort of stuff. And I looked at my husband. I'm like, eh, do we use WhatsApp anymore? And uh, we both looked and went, no. So we deleted it. But when our son was working and, and living in Tokyo, that is how we communicated all of the time. I mean, you talk about the number of users around the world. I mean, I didn't realize it was that huge. Boy, that's that's massive. When you think, what what is there like seven billion human beings on Earth, and two billion are using this app? Um, so it, it's it's quite remarkable. But the the thing is, is Facebook is really trying to monetize, and the, the, what they're really doing here is they want to sell this metadata. So like basically like our location, our purchases, histories, um, whether we use an iPhone or Android, all this this other data. They're trying to sell it to advertisers because they want advertisers on Facebook business to communicate with customers, uh, that's us, through WhatsApp, and hopefully in Facebook's grand scheme, we start purchasing products through WhatsApp. And so that's the big issue because the new term of service, which starts, or you have up till February 8th, if you don't like this or you don't agree to the term of service, you can't use WhatsApp. And that's why a lot of people are upset. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, when you talk about uh, the type of data that uh, that's being shared, as you said, they can't get into uh, the messages because it's encrypted. Um, but you know, they're looking at the, the browser information. I know there's probably some people out there that who uh, are a little leery about that uh, language, time zone, the IP address, and mobile network. Your service provider also going to be shared. Can can you break down a little bit more about how Facebook uh, monetizes this? I mean, I think. 
think we all sit that back and wonder and go, okay, I just Googled this and now it's showing up on my Facebook feed. Is that how they do that? Like, Can you explain it a little bit clearer for us so we, we know how that works? Well, let's just have a hypothetical boardroom meeting between Facebook and, say, a small business, let's say a barbershop. And okay. what they can say is, hey, barbershop, you should pay us money and advertise your barbershop on Facebook. And you should use WhatsApp because we can tell you how many of your customers are around your barbershop. We can tell you how many times they open WhatsApp, how many messages they send per day. And we, if you you know, work with us, we can give you all of this contact information and even tell you the location of people of when they're around your barbershop so that you can send a message on WhatsApp to give a sale or a discount on haircuts when you're uh, at your low point during the day. So this is what they're trying to do. They need that data. They want to share that data. Not what we're saying on WhatsApp, just about who we are, what, we are, what we're doing, yeah. and basically sell that to an advertiser. Or a all right. Business. Yeah, so we know that Facebook doesn't have the best uh, record when it comes to privacy. Has there been any more um, changes on that? Has there been any more, um, well, I know there's always been pressure put on Facebook to improve things, but has the company itself done anything to to show that it is, it is, it is, you know, more concerned or concerned about our privacy at all after coming under, you know, a lot of criticism over the past couple of years? Well, what Facebook will do is they'll say, well, WhatsApp, you know, we, we it's completely encrypted. We don't see your your messages. And so they try to play on that. They don't tell us the whole story of what they're doing with that data. Because here's the thing about Facebook. Not only do they have Facebook and WhatsApp, they also own Instagram. Now, each of those alone have their own messaging platform inside there. And what they're going to try to do is tie everything together so that they can create this master plan for businesses, provide they get Facebook money. We can give you access to all this data about your potential customers. You should work with us and not someone like Google. And that's basically what we have to think about Facebook is they tried to say we're here to connect everybody. That's what Mark Zuckerberg is always saying. But this is a for-profit entity. And like we always say, if it's free, you're the customer. And that's what we are when we're using Facebook's platforms. Now, I know that uh, you're on, on Facebook, you're on Instagram, Andy, as a, as a tech expert i mean does it in the back of your head does it go maybe i should be getting off this stuff um you know because i'm seeing some you know experts and maybe privacy experts a little bit more saying that everybody has to um you know take a look at the risks you know do the do the risks outweigh the benefits and and move forward from there where's your head at, head at when it comes to to being on on these platforms well Jalen, I am completely torn because at the one side, I understand what's going on with Facebook. and I, I see what they're doing on the back end. Then the other argument is, you know, how, how can I leave this and, and still be in the tech industry and talk about it if I'm complete, you know, I'm going to live on the farm or something. So, so what's funny is I talk to other tech journalists about this and how they, they struggle with it. But what people typically do is they have their hand in it. Like, I understand Facebook's algorithm, Jalen. And what I did is I tweaked it so that the only thing I see on my Facebook feed these days are DIY content, tech content, jump rope content, basically anything I want to see, I tweak their algorithm to, to feed me that, that kind of content. So you can take control of Facebook if, if you take the time to tweak it.
Okay, so my next question is, now that you brought that up, how does one do that? Is there an easy way to do that, or do you have to be a tech tech expert to do so? Well, the way that Facebook works is when you start to like uh, something, it, it starts like, oh, well, you're probably going to like more content from that, that particular content provider. So that's one of the ways is to be very strategic on what you like so that it, it, the algorithm will start to learn your behavior. The other thing is if you see stuff on your Facebook newsfeed that you don't like, say it could be a friend that you disagree with, that you're just tired of, you can actually put on Facebook a little setting to say, show me less of this or don't show this yeah, yeah. at all. And if you just do that, you know, take five 10 minutes of your day every time you're on Facebook, you know, that adds up. And then suddenly you're starting to notice that your, your Facebook newsfeed is more catered to the stuff that you want to see. But it takes that active participation because if you don't do that, trust me, Facebook will do it for you, but they're going to do it in a way to try to uh, entice advertisers and small businesses to feed you the content. So you just, we just got to be really cognizant and proactive in the way that we use social media. Okay, so in uh, in light of what's happening with uh, what's uh, what's up, I know uh, some people are are turning to uh, some other platforms as well. Platforms, I'll be honest with you, Andy, I've never heard of before. I think uh, there's Signal and Telegram. Are they very similar to WhatsApp? They are. In fact, Signal uh, was created by one of the co-founders of WhatsApp because when they got acquired by Facebook, Facebook's like, we're not gonna, we're gonna leave you leave you guys alone you know we're just gonna own you but you can do what you want and so he's like okay you know that sounds good two years later facebook started to integrate whatsapp and and the data the metadata and he had an issue with that he left and he started the signal foundation created a messaging platform that is very very similar to WhatsApp on the encryption and data protection side. However, they're not for profit. They're not trying to take our, our data and make money off it. So that's the number one downloaded app right now on Google Play and the Apple App Store. And it's all because wow. of Elon Musk. Elon Musk got into the into this whole conversation about WhatsApp and just directed people to say in one tweet, all he said was use Signal and then it became one of the most downloaded apps on, on both app stores. So here's a question for you. So I uh, I have a, an Apple phone, right? Um, it's a little bit older. I, I'm due to uh, get an upgrade here. Um, you know, when I'm having conversations, for example, um, through the the chat thing on on my phone, let's say with my husband, um, can can Apple access that? What what is the privacy around that? You know what, Jalen? I have to give it. I'm not really an Apple user myself, but okay. Apple is the number one privacy protected uh, platform out there. And a lot of what happened with WhatsApp actually started because of Apple, because they're putting privacy labels on all of the apps to show what kind of data is being shared. So WhatsApp got all these privacy flags on it, and then it kind of created like almost like a little tech beef between WhatsApp and Apple, because of course Apple has iMessages. So what yeah. Apple did was very clever, was they're like, okay, here's the data that WhatsApp is, you know, taking about you, and here's what, and here's the comparative of iMessages. So they were really kind to uh, pivot and show that iMessage is a very, very secure platform. In, in fact, everything Apple, if you're in that ecosystem, you can be rest assured that Apple does have your privacy in mind, mm. uh, especially when you compare it to other companies like Google and Facebook. 
interesting. I just, uh, you know, part of me thinks to myself, oh, what the hell? I mean, everything's out there. <laughs> Everything is out there anyway. Uh, but then, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, gosh, you know what? Uh, yeah, maybe I delete my Twitter account. Maybe I delete Facebook. I, and I, I'm really torn. I'm really torn about it. And I know that uh, every time that we have a conversation like this is that people say, oh, I watched the social network and that was it. I was out. I'm done. Um, you know, so I guess, you know, to, to each their own, but it is a decision that I think more and more people are making to uh, to back away from social media. Well, if, if anything, Jalen, you know, it's hard to be like an active member if you're not participating, you know, in online dialogue. But one thing that we should all do is take a break from social media. Like, there's no reason why we have to look at Twitter every single day or open up our Facebook news feed. So I really recommend for people to just get out. We, we're such creatures of habit and we do the same thing every day that we just got to break out of those habits. Because if you don't, trust me, these, these uh, companies are all trying to get our attention so we got to be proactive and and value our attention and and take those breaks every once in a while if you don't want to quit it altogether Andy, if I wasn't on there, I'd miss your jump rope uh, videos and your do-it-yourself projects that you do. It's so amazing. Just absolutely uh, amazing. Uh, you're having a lot of fun with it <laughs> as well. Well, see, that's, that's the way I wanted to treat social media. I'm like, you know what? I just want to create, like, really inspiring content. So that's the way that I've been, uh, you know, engaged but not completely engulfed in that social media world. Andy, great to talk with you. We'll do it again soon. Thanks for this. Yes, my pleasure. Anytime, Jalen.